The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Erin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey. (laughs) Deep in the Heart of what? I was going to go with podcast. (laughs) Deep in the Heart of Podcasts. I mean, it's not really deep in the heart of hockey. That's true. This is just deep in the heart. Guys. Deep, gonna, deep in the heart of the Rona apocalypse. We're we're gonna we're gonna get real. We're gonna you know take it deep, <laughs> but not like that. I was gonna say like sticks between the legs deep or <laughs> like squirting out along the boards deep. <laughs> Which deep are we doing? We're getting pucks. Getting pucks. That kind of deep. All right. Let's get uh, deep. It is episode 116. This is a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and shenanigans, if that was not already obvious. Um, yeah, this really isn't going to be much about the Dallas Stars. It is not going to be much about the Dallas Stars. And why is that, Carolyn? Because of coronavirus. <laughs> yes, that's correct. There has been no hockey since... We last talked. No, they had just... Maybe there was one game? No, I think they had just called the season, I thought. Yeah, you're right. Well, or put a suspension on it. Yeah. That's what it is. So technically, the season is still just suspended. Right. Uh, However, the season is still just suspended, and Toronto has canceled all public gatherings until July 1st, basically. So there's no... There's no... There's no way, right? There's no way. I, I don't think there's a way. I mean, I didn't think there was a way two weeks ago when we last recorded. And actually, to topic one, this podcast is later than usual. Usually this would be out on Monday. And this one is going to come out probably either Thursday or Friday. Sorry about the delay, guys. Uh, topic one is wellness check on us. Listen, we're all just doing our best here. We are all just doing our best here. But the reason that this podcast is late is because... Ya girl got the Rona. <laughs> that girl, not this girl. But I did make my crystal light way too strong, and I almost <laughs> choked just now. <laughs> oh, my so God. So we're doing real well, is what you I'm, uh, just heard there. Gonna go back to drinking my wine. Because <laughs> that's the safer option. At this, cr- at this point in time, of the drinks available on my desk, I've got an empty Diet Coke can, way too overpowered crystal light, and some very nice wine. Um, so yeah, I'm clearly fine. I'm having a good time. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm podcasting. Um, but yeah, I got a very mild version of the coronavirus about last Tuesday ish, um, with symptoms of a mild fever, extreme fatigue, um, shortness of breath and something else, but I forget what. But you weren't actually tested, right? But you know you have it because a coworker had it. Is that what is that what Right. Um, I actually looked up the qualifications in Colorado to get tested because my whole family was yelling at me to get tested, as well as some other friends. And basically, they will not test you here because they don't have enough tests unless you are a high-risk person or dying. So hmm. I was neither of those, so I did not go get tested, but another coworker had it. And she had also lost her sense of smell and taste, which is why I was sure she had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up. So basically how my whole thought process was, is it felt like I was having a panic attack and I was just really tired. And so I was like, you know what, Carolyn, just take a nap and you won't have your panic attack anymore and we can just deal with it later. Right. Went and took my nap because I was, I was 
the last couple of weeks, friends, for me, have not been great. They probably haven't been great for you either. So I'm sure a lot of you are feeling like you're having a panic attack almost 24-7 right now. Um, so I took a nap, a long nap, like two and a half hours. Woke up and it still felt like I was having a panic attack, but I was clearly not panicked. Like I was chill. And so I got on to uh, Slack and was like DMing my coworker who had it. And I was basically like, hey, what did your shortness of breath feel like? Because she had described that, said that that was one of her symptoms. And she was like, yeah, it feels like something's sitting on my chest. And I was like, oh, I have coronavirus. Mm. <laughs> so I was basically out of commission. Um, I couldn't even have like meetings for very long without losing my breath, like just talking back and forth conversations. So uh, we opted to delay the podcast until such time as I could actually talk. Yes, that is true. Um, But it gave me an extreme appreciation for why everyone is so fucking freaked out about this thing from a medical perspective, because I am a relatively healthy person. Um, I have very healthy lungs. I've never had lung issues. Um, And it, I could breathe fine, but it felt bad. And if I, I could absolutely see, like, if I had any issues, how I would have had, like, how that would have gone downhill fast. Right. So please take everything super seriously. This was a mild case. Clearly it's not, you know, it's about eight days later and I'm feeling really good. But take this seriously, guys. It's it's a real thing. So I have not had the Rona, nor do I have any, like, I haven't had any contact with anybody who has had the Rona. You live in another state now. Um, but as far as wellness goes, um, I talked about this on Twitter, but I know not everybody who listens to this podcast follows me on Twitter. Um, I, uh, my dad is a doctor and works in a hospital and, um, last week, no, on uh, was it Monday? Me? Time is immaterial. Time is immaterial. It was sometime this week though. He texted the, our family group and said that. Uh, he was scared to go to work um, for the first time in his entire life. And he used to be in the army and was deployed at one point in time. So like he is uh, just hitting 69 this year. This is going to be a 69th birthday. So first of all, hashtag nice. Nice. But I mean, at any, any age over 60 is when it gets into like the bad territory as far as like having a severe case of the Rona. But he also, to add on to his age, has diabetes, uh, compromised lungs, and heart disease. So those are three other contributing factors to having a bad case of the Rona. Uh, And he's got four. That's four. That's four now. Um, So we are all very aware that should he catch the Rona, it's basically a death sentence for him. So the fact that he goes into a hospital every day for work is a little terrifying. Yep. But one way that I found to comfort myself on the day that he texted us all to tell us he was terrified uh, was I started... Okay, so this is going to sound super morbid, 
But when I was nine years old, my grandfather died. My dad's dad. And he did uh, the eulogy at his dad's funeral. And um, it was like one of the first or second times I've ever seen my dad cry um, as a child. Uh, he was he's not he he's become a crier in his later life. He cries at like, you know, heartwarming commercials and super patriotic movies and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But like not really a crier ever and any other time. I feel that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you and my dad. <laughs> he's not Midwestern even. He's just a dude. He's not in touch with his emotions. Uh, he cried when our uh, my childhood dog got heartworms. And he died, he cried when his when he was delivering his dad's eulogy. And after the eulogy, we were all sitting in the limo that was taking us to the graveside. And I was okay, keep in mind too, that I was nine years old. My dad has never really understood like appropriate conversations to have with children. Uh, he he asked me if I would deliver the eulogy at his funeral when I was nine. So oh, wow. <laughs> for like 30 years now, I've known that it is my duty when my dad passes to give his eulogy. Um, we've had conversations about it since then. And when we talked on Tuesday night, um, while I was sitting in a Popeye's parking lot, uh, we talked on Tuesday night about like about that. And I said, hey, do you remember asking me to give your eulogy at Grandpa's funeral? And he said that he did. So... I guess he still doesn't understand that that's not, not appropriate <laughs> to ask to give a nine-year-old. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, I start, like, on, on Monday, after he sent out that text, I started I started writing it. And mm-hmm. for some reason, like, I guess because it was cathartic and I was crying as I was doing it, it made me feel, like, a little more at peace with stuff. Not, like, the inevitability, like, just basically, I guess, the inevitability of his death anyway. Not, like, right. he's going to die this week from coronavirus, but, like, someday my dad will die, and this is something I will have to start processing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a little... It, anyway, my anxiety is through the roof, and I, I am processing things like a f- mental patient. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I... So, okay, first and foremost, before I get into, like, current state, I want to have, I want you to know that one of the writing assignments that I was given in fifth grade, so right about 9, 10, was to write our own eulogies. Yikes. And I didn't want to do it, so I basically wrote, like, a short story about a murder mystery that was, I basically cribbed the plot of a Nancy Drew novel, but whatever. Like, I wrote, like, a 15 fucking page short story just to get out of doing this, like, a hundred word assignment about my own fucking death. <laughs> I mean, I have so many questions for the teacher that you had at the time. Like, what the fuck? So first and foremost, what the fuck? That is our yeah. what the, f- what, what, what are you doing moment of the week? Both mm-hmm. your dad and my fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. They probably have very similar psycho- psychological profiles. I would guess. <laughs> yes, probably. Um, second, I, you know, like, we're all joking about, like, time being immaterial, but, like, frankly, like, I'm just measuring it in how much wine I have left. See, I'm not even drinking that much during this oh, time. The I last time so I had much. alcohol is when I had, um, an after work. <laughs> what? You mean other than right now? Oh, other than right now, yes. Other than right now, the last time I had alcohol was during a, um, a work happy hour that we did over Zoom. I I actually have cut back like the very first week 
Um, so two weeks ago, not last week when I was sick, because I didn't drink while I was sick. Like, that was obviously. Um, but the very, very first week, I was like doing a bottle a night. And I was like, Carolyn, that's, that's bad. <laughs> Well, that's bad yeah and so I made I made a rule for myself that like if I drink too much one night I can't drink the next night how much and is that, too much how much how are you measuring a whole bottle is too much right like, two glasses under a bottle fine. how much is too much yeah huh how, under a bottle how much is too much I mean pretty much a bottle <laughs> okay so if you're leaving even a little bit we're saying it's fine because yes. okay here's the thing I have an addictive personality and overall and I have been I've never I've never called myself an alcoholic and I don't think that I've ever had any problems with alcohol but um in college I used to I I enjoy the feeling of being drunk like who doesn't kind yeah, of thing for sure. and um through college and my young adulthood I only drank when I would get drunk because I wanted to feel that feeling and I know that that is is a bad behavior. Like I so like I I've always heard that if you drink alone you're an alcoholic and so I just never do. Like I've never had uh, and I yeah. I live by myself and I'm stuck here. So I mean, I my dad is an actual alcoholic like has gone yeah. 12 steps and all of that kind of stuff. And I I totally I've always kind of lived by the like don't drink to get drunk rule yeah. as well just because of that. But like I feel like drinking to, like, I, there's a really, actually a really, really good James Acaster joke about the perfect state of being is tipsy. And mm-hmm. that's where I always am like, I would like to be tipsy now. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, everything's good when you're tipsy. Like, when you're drunk, things can get bad. But when you're tipsy, everything's good. <laughs> so yeah. I try to, like, pace it to that I stay in tipsy and ne- don't try to, and it's very easy to fall over to drunk See, when you're that's, aiming for tipsy. And that's my problem, too. So most of the time, I will I will just drink a, like, so most of the time, what I end up doing is drinking one drink. And then I'm kind of like, well, that was fun, but I could have just as easily had water or crystal light or orange juice and been just as happy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just do that instead of drinking. Yeah. So. No, I don't, I don't like drinking just one drink. I'm like, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to get tipsy. But I try not to get over into drunk. But I will say, I will say, haven't had a hangover yet. Nice. Because I have been very good because I'm at home, right? Like, first and foremost, I like, I'll cut myself off after a bottle. I won't open a second bottle and keep drinking. Mm-hmm. Like one can do at a bar when you're just ordering beers. Or at your parents' house when they have an entire wine rack. Like, that is eight feet tall. Yeah. that Never experienced that particular one. But yes, I could see how that would be. <laughs> My parents, as you know, my parents live on a ranch in the hill country and there are a lot of wineries around them. And when they first moved out there, they had a subscription, like a one of those monthly subscriptions. To oh, each yeah, like one. A, a box. Yeah. So and so they did this to like four different ones. So every every month they would make the rounds of their wineries and pick up their boxes. And at some point they finally realized that they couldn't even give it away fast enough to like make room for the next month's box Mm. so they went down to just one winery and now they only have the one but they still have a ton like every time i go i bring home two or three bottles so i now have a shit ton of wine that i'm not really drinking (laughs) what uh which winery i'm curious uh the one that they kept or like Mm -hmm. the one they kept the one they kept i believe is driftwood 
Okay. Yeah. I've had theirs. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. My mom really, so my mom and I both, I know that this is going to be disgusting to you, but my mom and I both tend to favor like the sweet wines mm-hmm. more than the um, other, anything else. Um, <clears throat> and neither one of us is really a big fan of reds. Mm-hmm. So um, Driftwood has that uh, orange muscat that we absolutely love. So I'm happy for you. Thanks. I see. I'm I, not knew about- that, I knew. I knew that that would not be your jam, which is why I started that out that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm literally. I'm. You know, real talk. We, I, we we can't shit on anybody's jam right now, right? Like we can't. This life is too hard to shit on anybody else's jam. Oh yeah, absolutely. No yucking of any yums in court. As long as no, as long as your yum doesn't hurt anybody else, right? And you cannot be like, my yum is beating people to a pulp on the street corner. That's not a yum. That's assault. Yeah. <laughs> and the harm none. Yum what you will. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get off unless I strangle someone. <laughs> This is a Hannibal recap podcast, okay? <laughs> Which I've never watched in my Me entire neither. fucking life. I have fucking life. no idea what that show is about other than killing people. Other than eating people. That's it. That's all I have. That's like, not I the have. fun kind of eating people. Like, the gross kind of eating people. Oh, man. I almost want to be like, and transition to reader question. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we have so many things to discuss before then. Uh, okay, okay, I'm gonna move us on, because we've yes. been on this call for 18 minutes already. Uh, new topic. So, you put in here, favorite hockey player TikTok you've seen so far. Yes, I did, because so many players and their wives are on TikTok now, mm-hmm. because they're bored and they keep challenging each other to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the I, I first saw it with Sam Gagne's wife, Rachel, um, she was doing that, um, no, actually I first saw it with Lexi, uh, Lexi Brown. Oh, we Either love way, Lexi. uh, we love Lexi. So it's the one where you like use your husband, your husband does a jungle gym and climb all over them. And like <laughs> now fucking everybody has done that one and it's hilarious. Um, I can't remember who I saw that did it like the fastest and the best, but there was one person who was like, yes, I've got this. And just like, literally like. <laughs> In two seconds, was did everything that they needed to do and was done. And I was like, I'm super impressed by you right now. This is amazing. You know who I would actually want to see do that is Chara's wife. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Like, I don't think that they would be the couple to do it, but that would be the best one. I feel like that or would like, be a lot of strain on his back, though. Or, like, Jamie Alexiak's whoever. I would really like to see Cam Atkinson and his wife. <laughs> Is that mean? Oh my god, that would be funny though. It'd be so funny. They just had a baby, so it's not happening, but like, man, that would be so funny. Or like Nathan Gerby. Yes, yes. No, switch it. Nathan Gerby climbs on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) I will I will admit I actually don't do TikTok. Like that's not one of the socials that I am. Well, so I didn't either, but they kept showing up on Twitter because people would yeah. retweet them. But the, my favorite one that I've seen so far is definitely Connor Carrick. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. So he and his wife first did. So like PK Subban, when he got on TikTok, was like, did some like thing where he was calling people to make videos using his audio. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm, you know, PK Subban, king of TikTok or something like that. So the first one that he and his wife did was to that. And then they did one of the TikTok dances. And like, first of fucking all, Connor Carrick (laughs) is a beefy boy. (laughs) That is true. But he's got some beefy coffee boy. He's got some, like, hip roll action that I was not expecting. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to say, maybe I'll just do it now. I'm going to send this to you. Let me find my phone. Um, I mean, it's a it TikTok. Was... It'll only take a few seconds. Did, did it open? Yeah, it's opening. Okay, cool. Damn! Right? <laughs> right? I right? love them! I love them so much. I'm so I know. sad Connor is not on our team anymore. I know. It's really that moment when he turned to the side, popped his booty out, and yes! rolled. I was like, what? Who God are you? God damn. I know. I know, right? I know. So, yes, that is precisely, that is, that's what made me ask this question. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you built the dock today so we could have <laughs> that moment together. Oh, you're welcome. I hope, and you know what, we will, we will link the TikTok in our, uh, podcast notes so that you guys can enjoy with us. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. other than looking at hockey player TikToks, what have you been doing during the isolation? Well, Carolyn, I will tell you that I am now playing in four different D&D campaigns. That's too many D&D campaigns. You are fucking telling me. (laughs) Um, The problem is, like, people keep asking me, which I find gratifying because it's nice to have people want to play games with me and think that I'm a fun person to play games with. But um, it's like, you know how everybody's like, it's, we're stuck inside. I've got nothing to do. I'm like, well... First of all, I'm still working 40 hours a week, which, like, I have to say, I'm 1,000% grateful for. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. being able to work 40 hours a week because my job is not in jeopardy. I'm it's still getting cool. a paycheck. It's all great. But, um, yeah, I keep saying yes to D&D, and now I'm playing four nights in a row this week. Yeah. 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 One of them's with me, though. One of them is with you. That one is not a Rona Apocalypse one. Um, I mean, the Wednesday one and the one with you, not Rona Apocalypse related. The other two are, for sure. Um, but uh, I have also watched the entire first season of Star Trek Picard. And how did you find it? I am I'm going to watch it. I don't think I'm going to, like, so I know it's on free for until, like, the end of April, but I honestly don't think I'm just going to get to it till in April. So I'm a little, like, mm. oh, well. You should, though, is what I'm saying. But I like to watch things in order. You can't. Oh. Like, I mean, I want to watch the series in order, probably skipping Enterprise? Yeah, definitely skip Enterprise. is useless. That's the one. Yeah. I was yeah. just making sure I got the name right. I don't know. I would still tell you to skip to this one. Um, okay, well, well, tell me why, why I should can. skip to this okay, one. Okay, so this one, I don't, without spoiling anything. Yes, I would murder you. 
Don't spoil I, me. I would expect to be I would murdered. go cough on you. Do you know anything about it? I know... No. I mean, I, I, I know it's got John Luke Card in it. I know it's got Seven of Nine. I think it's got Data? Okay. So, I will tell you some things that happen in the first episode. Perfect. So, not spoiling anything that comes after this. Uh, in the first episode, you are given a lot of exposition that tells you that it is 18 years after the events of Star Trek Nemesis, which is when Data sacrificed himself to save the crew. Right. Specifically to save Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. And um, in between then and now, events that we have not seen because they're, they have not been covered in anything that came in between these times, um, the Federation has lost the ideals that it had when Jean-Luc Picard was an admiral and like, <gasps> you know. So it, it what, what happened in the middle there is that there was a snafu on Mars where a group of AI rebelled and killed a bunch of people. Oh, shit. And rather than try to find out what happened with that small group of AI, they basically, all of the, all of the Federation was like, AI, AI is now outlawed. And they killed or, you know, shut down all AI across the entire of the Federated planet. Holy fuck. No. Yes. Yes. We had an entire, like, a legendary Next Gen episode literally about AI. Yeah. Measure no, of a man, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I know. But I mean, that's that why point- they brought Picard back, right? Like, fuck. But at that point, like, Data had died. So, right. Sure. Um, he wasn't there to be a voice of reason. Um, and because of all of that, Picard ended up resigning his commission with Starfleet. Solidarity! Right, precisely. So instead he goes, he basically retires on his vineyard in France, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, throws back to the alternate future that you saw in the finale of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, also instead, so there was also a a subplot kind of going on with the Romulans, the um, Federated planets were in the middle of doing some sort of, like, trying to help the Romulans. Like, there was something going on, and it ended up killing a bunch of Romulans, and so there's a very uneasy peace between the Federated planets and the Romulans, but other shit's happening there. And so, like, this is very much a storyline of, like, Jean-Luc Picard finding a rogue AI, and also um, the Romulans also having a plot line all of their own. And um, trying to kill AI for various reasons that are not revealed to you for a very long time. And uh, so, yeah, in all of this, uh, Jean-Luc Picard has to put together a ragtag crew. Found family feelings! On a starship where, because he, he the, here's the thing I actually really loved about this show, is that um, the way that they showed the dissolution of the of Starfleet and Picard and their current relationship and like basically things that happened with Picard in general and his um outward kind of uh persona that people know him as at this point in time is that like the first two or three episodes maybe four episodes all Picard does is fail all he does is fail. All he does is get thrown out of offices or have people tell him no or, you know, like, 
have a really mm-hmm. awful interview that happens. And like, it was almost kind of refreshing because like, and I don't want to say that nothing bad ever happened to start to him on the next generation. Cause we both know that's not true, but like, he was always like he was able to talk his way out of a lot of problems because he was so smart and he had these great lofty ideals and all this you know all that stuff mm-hmm. and like he it's but he not also that had he, authority he, he had, had authority. authority he had a lot of authority and all of that has kind of been stripped for, for, of him in this new series um he doesn't have any authority with starfleet anymore he's a retired admiral the only thing he has going for him is like the goodwill of the people who remember who he used to be and that kind of goes away too. And so he's like, basically he's having to rely on the generosity of a lot of other people and like trying to convince people of other ways to do things. And it honestly, it was really kind of interesting to see this new take on this character that I like, I love so much. Um, And also like the crew that he assembles is glorious. It's so glorious. Okay. I just want to tell you one more thing. And this is again, not a spoiler, but the guy that plays the captain of the starship that he hires uh, is he's the only person on this starship, right? It's just him. And then he, the starship comes with five holograms mm-hmm. and he plays each of the holograms. That's amazing. And they all have different personalities, different jobs and different fucking accents. What a role. It is is amazing he is so good i love him anyway so he like chews on the scenery in every single scene he's in like he's so good everybody else just needs to get brought up to his level sometimes but i mean not that not that there are really any weak links in the cast i fucking love them all but like Mm -hmm. he is so good uh seven of nines thing is great beautiful i love her uh there are other cameos and like a bunch of easter egg throwbacks to the original show that i don't even want to tell you about because i just want you to watch them and get there okay but like oh it is like i finished that season on monday night and i i mean i was also working through a lot of feelings about my dad but i had to turn the volume up on the tv because i was sobbing so hard i couldn't hear it okay i'm convinced I will watch Picard. I need you to watch Veronica Mars season four. Okay. And then we can be in our feelings at each other. Excellent. Fine. Done. Done. Fucking dead. I needed my next show anyway. I have been deep in my feelings about the 1995 not quite hit movie cult classic Hackers. (laughs) Bless your heart. For this isolation, that is my go-to happy my go-to happy place right now. Have you just been like watching it over and over and over again? So let me be. I don't need to. I so there was a meme going around that was like basically what movie have you watched the most ever in your life? And like a lot of people were like replying with like movies they watched in their childhood, like Little Mermaid and shit like that, because like as a kid you watch shit over and over and over and over and over again, and like. Honestly, I have watched this movie so many times, I practically have the dialogue memorized. And I only started watching it when I was 16. And so I know you and I were talking about this and you were like, I have never seen this. So here's my pitch to you as to why you should watch Hackers. Okay, first of all, tell me where I can watch this movie. It is free on Hulu with ads. Okay. Or not Hulu, sorry, YouTube. YouTube with ads. Oh, I don't, I have, I pay for YouTube, Brad. 
Well, then no ads for you. <laughs> well, I just got really tired. So first of all, I wanted to be able to download videos. And second mm. of all, when I was trying to catch up on Critical Role, I was very tired of watching ads. And now I've gotten so used to not seeing ads that I really hate watching ads. Totally, totally understood. Uh, but yeah, YouTube. You can. It's it's legal on YouTube. Excellent. Um, it's bad. Let me just throw that one out. Oh, no. I mean, like, I don't mean to say that I have no familiarity with this movie whatsoever. I have seen clips of it <clears throat> on many occasions. We are still on a podcast. Uh, so. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, Tell other people. Tell other people. I can't. Sometimes I forget, especially when we're not talking about hockey, that we're not just like having a <laughs> Like, no, Carolyn. I know what a hackers is. God. <laughs> Stop treating me like I'm dumb, Carolyn. No, okay. So it's, first and foremost, Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie play the two leads. This is where they met and got engaged, right? This is where they met and then eventually got married because they are so fucking hot together. Oh, I didn't realize they had gotten married. I thought they had just gotten engaged. Oh, they were married for like four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're so hot at each other. And like the first half of this movie is actually amazing. It's super fun. Excellently drawn characters. A really interesting take on like a semi dystopian world that is actually literally, literally the world we are currently living in. Like it's an anti-capitalist screed for the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie is like, oh fuck, we have to have a plot. Right. <laughs> and like it's so quotable but like mostly like you just fall in love with these like quote unquote hacker kids like off the bat that they're perfect so I have basically been deep in my feelings about this movie which also has a badass fucking soundtrack um and so I've decided that I'm going to, like, shoot my shot, mediocre white man it, and, like, just fucking write, like, a hacker's TV script. Because I think you could do so much with the idea of these characters and the idea of this extremely corporate-driven world. Like, take where we're at current, kick it up a notch, and, like, build it out to, like, these guys are actually not fighting for information, but kind of fighting against capitalism and make it really Gen Z CW friendly, you know? And I think that's great. Have a Do lot you know of fun what Johnny it. Lee Miller's first role ever was? No. He was an uncredited kind of child in a 1982 episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Okay, sorry, he also keep going. has a pretty good American accent. He does. Believe it or not. Um, so yeah, so that's what I have been doing. I also finished the entire the Brokenwood Mysteries series, which is a New Zealand murder mystery. The first season is okay, but it gets really fun in the second through sixth seasons. And there are only uh, four episodes per season, but they're long. Excellent. I have am still trying to fully finished the witcher three i still haven't finished that mm-hmm. um i'm currently i, I, I play, finished the main game but i'm now playing the um blood and wine download dlc 
And, yeah. It's really great because the the area that they go to for blood and wine is like you know how so you know how what where he is and where you see him in the TV show and where he is for the the other three games it's very like medieval like Europe like mm-hmm. England kind of a thing. Well, this is medieval Italy. <laughs> Oh, fun. And everybody, like, you're wandering through the countryside, and the thing, and like, in the main game, you wander through the countryside, and, like, it's somebody needing help, like, with a, you know, I don't know, a, a caravan that they had going through with trading or whatever. Every time you find something along the countryside, it's this fucker of a vintner who's trying to clear out a cave so he can store his wine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have cleared out so many goddamn caves. It's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, it's great. Um, I love it. And, uh, they now give you the option of dyeing your armor different colors. (laughs) And one of the colors they make available is pink. Yes! So Geralt is absolutely wandering around in Grandmaster, um, feline school pink armor. I love it. Uh, just so you know, I still call him Geralt in my head. That really brings me a lot of rage, but I'm just going <laughs> to walk right past that. Well, speaking of magic. Yeah. Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. stars. How I wonder what you charge. Oh, I just spilled wine on myself. I raised my hands like in celebration too much. Maybe you should not have done that. Uh, well, it'll be fine. All right, I need you to pick which one we're going to do today. Um, so you get to choose number one or number two. Number two. All right, today we are getting our horoscopes from Glamour.com, but that is the British Glamour with a U. And the reason I decided that I'm pretty confident we've done this one before. However, the reason I decided it was still a good pick is because... Um, the byline is by Astro All Stars with a Z. Excellent. We are going to do, cause, okay, so like we've done the tra- stars a million times. We are going to do my recent favorite former stars. Excellent. I love it. Pick so a theme. You're going to do uh, Aries for Connor Carrick. I knew he was up first, and fortunately, Aries is right on top. Excellent. Mars, your ruler, is moving into your social sector while your local environment is also being stimulated. (laughs) This period has potential for connectivity, so it may be time to open up a Zoom account if you haven't already or give your FaceTime a daily workout. Doing things differently never held an Aries back because you thrive on challenges. Hey. Hey. So lead the charge by organizing some upbeat group video calls, starting a TikTok, or hosting a virtual happy hour or dinner party. If you belong to a common interest group, all of these people do, it's especially important to keep everyone in touch right now. Amazing. Can you guess who the next one is? Well, Sam Gagne has never been on the stars. No. Uh. <laughs> Although his dad was at one point. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. There's pictures of, of baby Sam in Stars jerseys because his dad was on the Stars at the time. Uh, No, I don't. I actually don't know who you're picking. 
uh, Tyler Pitlick. Oh, good If you thought about it a bit a little longer, you probably would have gotten it. He's a Scorpio. Scorpio. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Your sign is all about transformation. And since the action planet is in your home zone for the next month, I suggest you burn off steam constructively by changing the furniture around and creating some radical changes. (laughs) It gets better. Venus's moving into your sex zone will be motivating you to fluff the pillows at the very least. No, I mean, whatever. He's got a very pretty wife, but also, no. (laughs) I mean, what are they going to do during the Rona apocalypse? Add some novelty and create talking points because this month your bedside manner is all about the words you use. Oh, Jesus. Could you imagine going to bed with a dude that had like flashcards of talking <laughs> points? Oh, how awkward. There are a lot of hours to while away at the moment, so make your space just as you envision. If you've had creative ideas you wanted to try, try them now. You can always paint over them later. Oh, again, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, Scorpio, but you don't have to listen to everything you hear. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. The next (laughs) one is Jordy Ben because bless forever. He's Uh, a Leo. Leo. I was going to say cancer because of his brother, but yeah, he's, he's literally um, a week and a day after his brother. Yep. Firmly in Leo territory. All about the social zone for you this week and the upcoming month. You're on to one sector. I think it's supposed to be one to one sector, but there's a typo. Um, is where you need an outlet. So lead by initiating projects. It's no new thing for you to collaborate digitally. Mm. And you'll be love. What the fuck is up with this one? And you'll be love texting a lot more this month. Oh, oh they mean sexting. They mean sexting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, hope that, that one took some interpretation. Beyonce like lives with him. I know. I don't and understand. And she's pregnant. I, you'll be love texting a lot more this month, but don't waste too much valuable time finding the right emoji. Create something substantial. On the career front... Now is the week to reach out to someone you'd love to work with. That's actually probably good advice for Jordy Ben. Yeah, that is good advice for Jordy Ben. And that's Stars Charts. And that's Stars Charts, brought to you brought to you by Glamour.com. Do we want to talk about quote unquote happy things, I guess? Wait, didn't we have a we had a fucking theme song for this one? Monday, Tuesday, happy, happy things. things. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, happy things. Friday comes. Happy things. happy things are yours and my happy okay, wait, things. Okay, we're good. I think we ended no, up like... No, I'm done. <laughs> How dare you try to stop me in the middle of a phrase. <laughs> Do you have a happy thing? Um... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sort of. So we, I have, I have this Wednesday D and D game. Of course, it's gonna be fucking D and D related. You're welcome. I have this D and D game that's going on 
Wednesdays and uh, we're actually really big into role play for it. And it's hard to do that over the computer. And last week was like, not last week, but the week before was absolutely awful. And last week we actually skipped it because our DM couldn't do it. Um, But we're doing it. We're starting up again this week. And we've just decided to like layer campaign to the side and do a bunch of dungeon crawls. So we're all, we rolled all new characters and I rolled like six of them just in case they, they die because that's what happens in dungeon crawls. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the problem is I made this warlock <laughs> <laughs> that I like, cause so when you make a warlock, you have to have like the patron that she has and like, you, you have to come up with this like story for like why she's got this patron. And so I came up with such an epic and like heart wrenching story that I then realized that if I anything happened to her in this dungeon crawl, I would actually cry in real life. And so I was <laughs> like, okay, we are putting her in a vault and we are just gonna like put her to the side. But then I actually like fleshed out her backstory even more and I made you read it. <laughs> I I actually I was very enjoying this like, <laughs> and I also made my friend Whitney read it. <laughs> <laughs> I've also made my other DM read it and he, I actually haven't talked to him about it yet but I was like so proud of this backstory that I've made so many people read I was just like if it's not any good please just humor me I'm so proud of this <laughs> so. I think it's a great backstory I really enjoyed it thank you but anyway that was my happy thing this week was like coming up with all of those characters and uh, I made a bugbear fighter <laughs> Oh, fun. <laughs> because our DM was like, literally anything goes. It doesn't matter. Do whatever. So I was like, bugbear fighter. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> I also made a Warforged rogue. <laughs> oh, fun. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun in the uh, in the character creator on D&D Beyond. I had so much fun that I actually ended up paying for unlimited character slots. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a moment, right? Like, they clearly... <laughs> They gotta be ranking in it, ranking it. I mean, when you can play online and you know, like, even if you're not doing like, like I said, the heavy RP that my team group generally does, like, yeah, I mean, we've been playing online for a year now. You know, like mm-hmm. we've got, like I've got other games that are going on over the internet. Yeah, there's no way they're not making a pretty penny off of this. Everybody being stuck inside with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your happy thing? My happy thing is, uh, I mean, I guess maybe like a little weird, bittersweet, maybe. I don't know. So obviously I got the Rona, right? And so like, I didn't tell anybody except my mom first. And I think you knew because like I was Mm -hmm. texting you about it. But like you and like my mom were like the first people I told. But like the part of the reason I didn't tell anybody is because, like, I knew everybody would freak out because everybody's kind of in a freaky-outy place and I didn't want anybody to freak out about me. Because, honestly, like, it was fine. It was fine. I could breathe fine. And, like, when I did eventually tell, like, my dad's side of the family, because we have, like, a really fun group chat going with, like, me, my dad, my sister, and our Grandma Carol. Um, They, like, my Grandma Carol, who is a former nurse, and my dad both were, like, fucking call the National Guard, like, call 911, go to the hospital. I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to the hospital. Uh, I feel, f- I'm not fine, but, like, I'm not, I don't need the hospital. <laughs> right. And so I only told my mom, who obviously told all of her family. 
She's my mom. I only told one person. She's my mom. I only told one person. I told many, many. (laughs) And so, like, and then eventually I told, like, a couple other people once I started feeling better. And, like, I told uh, my hockey graphs community just because, like, a couple other people were a little bit freaky out about it. And I was like, okay, so this is what an actual mild case feels like. Like, here's, for your information. Mm -hmm. Um... But it was kind of, so my happy thing is, so Saturday, when we normally would have recorded, we, I had not only self-quarantined, but like literally was forcing myself to sit on the couch so that I could actually rest. And I had my friend Emily from work, my friend Seth, so she texted me, all three aunts texted me on my mom's side. My mom called. Uh, my dad called <laughs> and my friend Cesar called all to check on me. And this is after I had mostly like, I wasn't good, good. I was, I was good on Monday, but like the worst was over. <laughs> and so like my happy thing is that I'm just like, really, I feel very incredibly lucky to have such a great family and so many good friends right now. Like we're all very, cause like, You know how, like, it's super, super easy to be anxious about this right now because it is serious and it's, like, a big fucking deal. But, like, there, I saw an excellent thread on Twitter going around the other day about how people, scientists, scientists and anthropologists who literally study disaster response get so pissed at this, like, white boy narrative that everybody's going to revert to their basest instincts and, mm-hmm. like, start turning on each other and going really, like, feral, basically. Mm-hmm. When the literal, when you can literally track with data that the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. And that we actually get more social. And that our basest instinct is to be social. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about this at a very, very minor scale about people just leaving bad reviews But, like, part of the whole fucking problem is that, like, people focus on negative because negative is, stands out to us more. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there are some complete fucking assholes in the entire, in the world. Like, I mean, we have, we, we know, we have this fucking GOP administration. Like, we understand. But, like, it was really, really, really lovely to see just how much people that you aren't even like necessarily like I'm obviously very very close to my mom and my dad and my friend Cesar who's one of my probably my next best friend to you right like but like my co-worker thanks for putting me first even if it isn't true because we're on a call together (laughs) I mean well I, I I you know I have you guys fill very very different friend roles to me right and you were checking on me too like I don't want to but you didn't text or call. You were just DMing me because we DM every day. That's because you and I have literally never <laughs> talked to each other on the phone in our lives. We've never. talked over Skype, but I, I don't think, think we've ever had a phone conversation. No, even we when would I have was absolutely like, had at least like one, which part of the concourse are you phone call. <laughs> I think we only texted those though. I really don't think we've ever had a phone Yeah, I right. I really like, don't think. So it wasn't, I mean, like, I don't mean to be like, you weren't checking on me. No, we no, no. Every I fucking day. I didn't day. take we probably it that way. Did, yeah. I think we talked all day Saturday. But point is. Yeah. I, it, it was, it was really illustrated to me that this is, this, this phenomenon, the social phenomenon is true. 
Mm-hmm. Like we care. We we as a species, we as people care about the other people in our species. Have you ever read uh, Station Eleven? No, I can't say I have. <clears throat> it is one of those uh, apocalypse novels. Um, it's about uh, a traveling troupe of performers, maybe. I can't remember exactly the like the group that the main character was in, but the uh, apocalypse was a flu. And it killed most of the population of the world. And uh, so this traveling group of performers goes around and like that's how they make their money uh, or make, you know, make their living in this post-apocalyptic world. But like it was one of those things that as I was reading it, I was like, this is very, very unlike any other apocalypse fiction I've read. And I've read a ton because it's one of my favorite genres. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot of what you're talking about with like the whole you know, white boy fantasy of everybody at each other's throats kind of a thing. Um, And this was not like, you know, stuff happened, but it wasn't like, you know, every man out for himself, like burn all of the villages kind of a thing. Uh, It was, you know, for an apocalypse novel, it was very much like, okay, well, they have modern technology and it's just sparsely populated, but nobody's at each other's throats Mm -hmm. at all. And I just, I just really... (laughs) as I was reading it I was like this I I can tell right now that this is very different than stuff I've read and looking back at it I was like that's that's the apocalypse I want to believe (laughs) that's that's the one for me that's my apocalypse like let's do the one where everybody is just chill and helps each other out because that's what people do like that's the one I want that's the one I want I like that. I, I like Ugh. it. There you go. Another wreck, listeners. Station yeah, 11. it's by Emily St. John Mandel, I believe. It's her, I don't know how you say her last name. It's M-A-N-D-E-L. It's good. Read it. Listener questions? Listener questions. Let's rush through these. I know. It is already 6.30. Ken asks, do you think the return of John's has affected Miro's impact on games? I will tell you what has affected Miro's impact on games. The fact that they're not playing any. So uh, I should have let you ask this question because I did actually do a little bit of research. Um, so hockeyviz.com, please go subscribe to Micah's website. He is losing patrons left and right because there is a oh, fucking hockey. That's so sad. Um, I've kept he is one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you, results are good. So I pulled up his spider diagram, the Miro Haskinen spider diagram for this season. And... If you look at just Miro alone, he sits right about on the 50% line. Um, but if you look at Miro with Jamie Alexiak, he's a little bit more defensive and a little bit more offensive, so good. But then if you look at Miro and Johns, he's even more offensive and a little bit less defensive, but I'm okay with that. So both, any time that we can get Miro Haskinen to not play with Roman Pollock or... Andre Sekera is a good time. So yes, I would say having John's back has been positive for Mira Haskinen, according to the stats. And also, honestly, according to the eye test, like they looked good. Excellent. Happy to hear it. <laughs> Kevin asks, who is your ideal pick in the upcoming draft? Well, Kevin. You've asked the wrong podcast. <laughs> We will get Hannah back on in June. <laughs> we will tell you later. <laughs> we don't look at prospects. I don't even know if I, like, I mean, I know there's going to be a draft, but like also, 
but also. But also. <laughs> if there is a draft, it will look nothing like we are expecting. That's the truth. Because all of their seasons got cut short, too. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Like, there are going to be guys, like, half the time people move up in the draft board because of how they did in the WHL playoffs or what the fuck ever. Yep. No, this is going to be pretty bad for a lot of people. It's going to be weird as fuck. Yep. And I mean, by pretty bad for a lot of people, I'm I'm literally just talking about hockey right now, you guys. That's all I'm talking about. I know things are bad for everyone. Uh, well, but I mean, okay, hockey, hockey alone. Think about it yes. this way: like this is going to fuck all the models too, because yeah. playoffs, CHL playoffs, hockey, NCAA playoffs, all of that goes into how you model your draft picks. So yeah. even from an analytics side, it's fucky. Yeah, no, the whole thing, whole thing, whole thing, fucky. Whole thing. Fuck this virus. <laughs> Fuck this virus. So hard. Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen, asks, number one, what food have you been making? Well, I cannot get flour to save my goddamn life. So not anything that is bread-like. Aww. Um, I know it sucks. Uh, I have got, okay, I will tell you the one thing that, like, will always define this period of working from home during the coronavirus for me, and that is fucking smoothies. <laughs> That's I right, have... you and your blueberries. Listen, Aja, my blueberries, do you know how many blueberries I still have? <laughs> I have had to go back and re-up, like, everything but the damn blueberries. Okay, so... I have made a smoothie literally every morning. I have come to crave these smoothies in the morning. Hell yeah. I put in, That's so good for you, though. Thank you. I put in coconut milk, orange juice, uh, protein powder, strawberry flavored, because it's what Mary left in the pantry. <laughs> Chia seeds for fiber, because I didn't have any flax seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, then I also put in some plain yogurt. And then also... The frozen fruit that I have in the fridge. I had been doing pineapples, peaches, and blueberries, but then I ran out of pineapples and peaches, and then I got a bag of mango, papaya, and strawberries all in one bag that I have now been putting in with the blueberries, and sometimes, if I'm feeling frisky, a fresh banana. Oh, shit. It is the best! (laughs) Like, I just started talking about them, and my mouth was watering, wanting that fruity goodness. Oh, also a handful of kale or spinach or whatever I have. Right. Love it. Always, always got to put in. So, okay, also, this should have gone under happy things. My sister has put me on her, on on the kids' sticker chart. Uh Uh-huh. But she and her husband are on it, too, so it's not just the kids. But, like, it's these things that basically were like, okay, you get a sticker. If it it was, she started it for the kids. Like, um, they have these things that they're trying to get to accomplish. Like, Lillian wants to stop sucking her thumb. So, if she doesn't suck her thumb through the morning, she gets a sticker. If she doesn't suck it through the afternoon, she gets another sticker. I don't know what Jackson's are. But, like, either way, um, we all get, like, we all have different challenges and we get stickers for them. So, my challenge, my stickers are if I complete a workout and if I eat a single vegetable. Hey! Today I got three stickers. Fuck yeah. Right? Get, I had get salad for it. lunch. I had the spinach in the in the smoothie. So and I worked out at lunch. So like every day I get at least one sticker because every day I have that spinach in my smoothie. I'm I have not done I did not do a workout today. I was I was planning on doing a workout today, but I did a workout yesterday and it kicked my ass so hard. 
that I was just kind of like, you know what, it's fine if April 1st is a rest day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I have been making a shit ton of Asian food. Nice. Because we all know I love Indian food. Um, but also, holy fuck, this is the best thing I have made in ages. So obviously, mostly trying to, still trying to eat mostly vegetarian, um, which has actually been extremely helpful during this because I don't give a fuck if there's chicken breast at the store. Yeah, well, also at HEB anyway, they're putting a limit on how much meat you can buy at one time. Exactly. So I bought some tofu. I stocked up on some tofu because it stays good for a very long time. And I made this fucking tofu. It was honestly the best thing I've made in months. In fucking months. It was, um, a fr- I, so I, I have all of this Korean hot sauce and I am going to mangle the name of that guajang sauce. Oh yeah. Um, Mary mangled. always said gochujang, but I don't know if that's gochujang. right. Gochujang. I honestly, I can't remember how it's spelled, so I can't remember how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, but it's, hey, that shit's so good. But like, you have to like make it into like a real sauce cause it's just, it's really concentrated. Mm-hmm. And so I found this Korean food blog run by an actual Korean person. Um, as opposed to like, people keep recommending the minimalist baker to me. And I'm like, first and foremost, I'm not a fucking vegan. Second, like it's uh, just, she doesn't just do vegan stuff though. She doesn't just do vegan stuff, but like also 90% of the things that I get wrecked are vegan. And I'm just like, I don't, oh, but also it's it- like, it. most of the time it's like, I'm going to take a normal Asian person recipe and make it for white people. And I'm like, but I'd rather just have the Asian person recipe. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just like, well, so anyway, I've made I found some minimalist this... baker stuff and it's not bad. It's no, it's no, honestly, like I've made some stuff from it too and it's pretty good. But like, uh, I found this Korean person blog looking for bibimbap recipes and their bibimbap was banging. So I was like, well, I wonder if I can find what else I can make on here with this gochujang. And I found this, like, recipe for, like, stir-fried squid. And obviously I don't have stir-fried I'm not fucking touching squid because I don't like fish. And so I fried my tofu, like, nice and crispy like I like it. And then I made the sauce that goes on it. Holy shit. It's fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Best thing I've made in months. Carolyn, squid's not a fish. Don't give a shit. Came out of the sea. I will not eat it. That is under the fish family. I need to Google this. I'm doing it right now. Get it. Don't even worry. I actually had this question earlier today because Babs was doing not April Fool's. Okay. My God. I've hit tipsy. (laughs) I can't. I'm, no. Girl, girl, I can't. I was the last. I was about to say I am about to get into no more drinking tonight because I have poured the last of my wine in my glass. This is almost the full bottle. I had a couple. I had a glass la- glass and half last night, so like not quite a full bottle, but I'm on the end of it. We are we are tipsy. Yeah, we are tipsy. Okay, it is in the kingdom Animalia and the phylum Mollusca and the class Cephalopodia. So it's a mollusk. Yeah, that's not a that's fish. Like, that's not a fish, but it's fucking whatever. It comes from the sea. I won't eat it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I just wanted to put out it's not a fish. Fair, fair, fair. Thank you. One that's not a fish. I appreciate you accepting this. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why 
going? No, you're the one that's supposed to be asking the question. Oh, God. No, you were asking them. I asked who is your ideal pick in the upcoming draft. Oh, fuck. It is mine. It is mine. <laughs> Shit. Do you Jesus think Christ. playoffs will happen at all? No. No. The best shanty in all the land. <laughs> who on the stars does bunch mocks? I, to be serious for a moment, all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, which team, <laughs> the, which team in the league is the horniest? Which team has the most single people? Because I'm going to be real with y'all right now, because I am. We have reached tipsy. You're, you're, no. you're really, yeah, no, I know. Uh, you're a single woman alone in your home. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we all know where this is going. Uh, I'm going to say the team in Vegas. Whichever one has the most single guys. Whichever Vegas so, is a horny city. Vegas is a horny city, but I'm going to say Edmonton. That feels real. That feels real. Number three. Oh God, that, <laughs> those, those winters are very long. Number three. Which Stars player would you most and least want to be quarantined with? Shani. Dear God, Shani. None of them. <laughs> I, I do not want to be quarantined with a single one of them. Correct answer is none, but you have to choose. You are required to be quarantined with at least one Stars player. Pick. Does it have to be a current Stars player? Yes. On this roster, as of the league shutting down. Let me look at the roster real quick. I'm also doing that. (laughs) Who's on this team? I don't know. Um, I mean, I know, but, like, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I am picking... Roman Polak, because A, there has to be a really, really good reason that he's a big hit with the moms, and B, I think it's because he's quiet and well-spoken. That's a really good choice. Thank you. Excellent choice. Uh, my choice is actually very similar. I was going to go with Roddick Foxa. Yeah, that would also be a good With the bonus of having no children. I feel like a young, I feel like a young player is such like a, a, That's a wild ex slacker. No. So, uh, that's why I want, that's why I'm doing Roman Pollock. Okay. Excellent. Um, which one do you not want to be? Oh, not want to be any of the rest of them, uh, but especially, <laughs> especially Tyler Sagan. Uh, you know, I know that he, I know that he has no kids, but he's way too much energy. You know, so Tyler Sagan was my pick until I remembered who was on the roster. And I just don't think I could be nice to Corey Perry for that long. <laughs> Okay, see, if I were ever quarantined with Corey Perry, the first thing I would do is infect him with whatever it is we're quarantined against. I would definitely kick him out of my house at the first opportunity. And by kicking him out, I mean that I would, like, give him the trash to take down to the curb, and then I would lock the door. Figure it out, bitch. You're a millionaire. You're a millionaire. I'm going to need you to figure this the fuck out or get eaten by zombies. I don't care either way. All right, your turn. Renee asks... If the stars had a player's dog race like the Canucks did, who would win? Who would just sit on the ice and be cute? The only stars dogs I know about are Tyler Sagan's. Me too. I think Marshall would probably just sit on the ice and be cute because he's old and tired. Same. I think that Jerry would probably win. I disagree. My money's on cash. Jerry is younger and therefore faster. Jerry is younger and therefore more distractible. Depends. He is also over a year by now. But also, I feel like Cash just has that, like, on it energy. I feel like Cash is the bet. Okay. 
We'll, we'll put who. up a poll. We'll May the poll. best dog win. All right. <laughs> Andrew, too cool for Kelly. LA asks, what British show would be recast, though should be recast with stars, players, and who plays what? If you can't think of a good TV show, make one up like the Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen gardening mystery going around the internet this week. First of fucking all, how come no one told me about the Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen gardening Did mystery? Did you? What? How did I you didn't. not see it? I saw that like five days potentially ago. I did not see it. Oh my God, it's so good. I will fucking link you to it. Thank it's, you. It's amazing. It has everything I want in a fucking BBC murder mystery. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank I you. speak as an authority on BBC murder mysteries. Yes, you do. Uh, so what British TV show do you think should be recast with Stars Players and who plays what? Oh, shit. As a leading authority. Well, so I'm only an authority on British murder mysteries. That's fine. But I feel like... I would like to see Death in Paradise. That would be a fucking fantastic one. The other one I was thinking of, just to swap genres a little bit, would be a very fun version of Stars, Downton Abbey. That like, would be hilarious. Who they would gets be to be so bad at it? Well, right, like, but like, who gets to be the noble family and who gets to be the staff? Right, like, who's upstairs? Who's downstairs? Corey Perry is definitely whichever one of the downstairs ones. Oh no, the forgotten angry sister. <gasps> that's Corey perry and then the other two sisters are obviously jamie and tyler obviously who's the dad oh roman Pollock. why did roman Pollock? obviously hit with the moms roman Pollock. and then the mom is obviously andre Sh- sakura yes yes right cool yes Who, who's the yeah okay that's fine we're done we're done we fucking did it and we did it with 10 minutes to spare before I have to start my next thing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Excellent. You're Carolyn. I'm Marin. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep in the Heart of Hockey. Or sorry, at Deep Heart Hockey. Shit. Oh I'm tipsy. Uh, and if they have a longer question. Comment or show to recast, you can find us at deepharthockey <laughs> at gmail.com. You can also find our official blog at deepharthockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye. <laughs>